This information is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is offered with the understanding that the presenters are not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, or other professional services. If legal advice or other expert advice is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought. Welcome to the Real Estate Financial Planner Podcast. I am your host, James Orr. This is episode 21. Today, we're going to continue with Norm and Norma's story. In the last few episodes, Norm and Nora were considering utilizing variations of the Nomad real estate investing strategy, but they're wondering how the Nomad real estate investing strategy might compare to some alternative strategies. In this episode, they're going to consider the Burr method. Burr stands for buy, rehab, rent, refi, and repeat. In other words, what if they could find a property that needs work and one where they can buy it at a substantial discount? What if they do the work and get a tenant in that property, then refinance the property to leave little or no money in the deal? Then, what if they repeat this process until they've acquired as many properties as they desire? First, let's talk about the assumptions we use for Norma Norma utilizing the Burr method. In order to be able to utilize the Burr method, they need to find a property that needs work that they can buy at a big enough discount to make the economics work. Ultimately, they need a big enough discount to be able to buy the property with the costs associated with the temporary financing, pay for the rehab to increase the value of the property, put a tenant in the property, and then refinance the property with the costs associated with the more permanent financing and the holding costs while they did the rehab. In many real estate markets, it's extremely difficult to find these types of deals where you're able to get a big enough discount and leave nothing in the deal. It's easier to find these types of deals where you leave some in the deal. What might look like 15% down or 10% down or even 5% down. With that in mind, we modeled Norman Norma doing the Burr method and leaving about 15% of the after-repaired value in the deal, 10% of the after-repaired value in the deal, and 5% of the after-repaired value in the deal. We also modeled them with the home run scenario of leaving nothing in the deal. So we're really comparing four variations of the Burr method to how it might compare to them utilizing the plain vanilla nomad strategy. In all cases, whether they're doing Burr or nomad, they're ultimately buying 10 properties. Now in previous episodes, when they utilized the nomad real estate investing strategy, in order to owner occupy the property and get owner occupant 5% down payment financing, they had to invest locally. They couldn't nomad unless they were doing nomad by proxy in a non-local real estate market. But one of the advantages of the Burr method is that they do not need to invest in their local real estate market. If they can't quite find properties that they can buy at a big enough discount to Burr them, they could research and become experts at another real estate market where they can find properties at the discounts they need. And since these are non-owner occupant properties, we're using a higher interest rate for the loans than what they can get as an owner-occupant when nomad. We opted to use the same interest rate they could get if they had put 20% down to buy non-owner-occupant investment properties. However, in the real world, some lenders may add a small premium to your mortgage interest rate if you're doing a refinance using the Burr method. We did not model it this way. I'd consider this to be a less conservative way to model this. And way back in episode eight, when Norm and Norma were buying 20% down payment rental properties, 
their primary selection criteria when choosing which property to buy was which property they could purchase where the rental economics were ideal. In other words, they were probably trying to find the best cash flowing deal they could that still had strong probability for long-term appreciation. By putting cash flow as a top selection criteria, they probably could find deals that had better rent-to-price ratios that gave them maximum cash flow. However, when trying to find a Burr property, because the ability to find a property where you can buy it and leave minimal in the deal is often the most important characteristic in those, often the cash flow and long-term appreciation criteria takes a back seat to whether they can get the property at a big enough discount or not. In other words, can I leave little or nothing in the deal becomes more important than will this have amazing cash flow. Now, with that being said, when Norm and Norma modeled utilizing the Burr strategy, we did not penalize the rent they could collect on the property and use the same rent we used when they were trying to maximize rent to price when buying traditional rentals without looking for a discount. I'd consider this as well to be a less conservative way to model this. Now, out of an abundance of clarity, when we say they left nothing or 5% or 10% or 15% of the ARV in the deal when using the Burr method, I mean, that's the total amount left in after all of the costs to acquire the property to begin with, and that includes the closing costs to buy the property and the cost to get the financing for the initial purchase, plus all the costs for any repairs that the property needs, plus all the holding costs for the property while they were doing the repairs, finding a tenant and refinancing the property into the long-term permanent financing, plus the cost to get the long-term permanent financing. So really, the amount they left in the deal is the total amount it costs Norma Norma to acquire the property with long-term financing. Now, for our modeling, we also assume that the time we say they bought the property is really the time that they put long-term permanent financing on it. So really, they bought it you know, probably several months earlier, did the rehab, put a tenant in, and refinanced the property. It might be harder, much harder in some cases, and take a lot more time to find a deal that fits their investment criteria when using Burr. But we assume they've got plenty of deal flow and their limitation for buying the next property is only limited by how much they have saved and their debt to income for qualifying for the loans. Doing Nomad, where you need to move into 10 properties, is a lot of work. There's no doubt about that. But finding Burr properties, overseeing or doing the rehab yourself to save money and financing each property twice is a lot of work too. It will ultimately be up to Norma Norma to decide if doing the work required with nomading or doing the work required with Burr is most acceptable to them. Now that we've got some of the assumptions out of the way, how does using the Burr method compare to nomading in terms of achieving financial independence? Well, I'll get to that in a moment. But might I recommend a little mental exercise first? If you're able to buy essentially the same properties you're nomading into, but get them for a 20% discount or a 15% discount or a 10% discount or even a 5% discount, isn't that likely to be better than buying the same properties and not getting a discount? Yes, well, that's what's happening here. We have Norm and Norma buying essentially the same properties we had them buying as a nomad, but at a significant discount of 5%, 10%, 15%, or 20%. So we would expect these to perform better than just doing traditional Nomad. The real question is, how much better is it to do this extra work? It turns out that it's significantly better. If Norman Norman Nomad 
it will take them about 26.42 years to be financially independent. But buying Burr properties and leaving 15% in the deal is about three years faster than nomading. Buying Burr properties and leaving 10% in the deal is about seven years faster than nomading. Leaving only 5% in the deal is about 10 years faster than nomading. And if they're fortunate enough to find Burr deals that they can buy and leave no money in the deal, that's about 14 years faster than nomading. If they can find 10 nothing down Burr deals, they can be financially independent in as little as 12.5 years. In addition, as you might've expected, the less they have to leave in the deal, the higher their standard of living can be as well. Well, now let's switch gears and talk about net worth. The less they put down, the higher their net worth too. If we look at their final net worth at the end of modeling in year 60, that's month 720, and if we adjust back to today's dollars, their net worth if they do traditional nomad is about $11.5 million. Their net worth if they burr and they need to leave 15% in the deal is about $2.5 million more, or about $14 million total. If they leave 10% in their burr deals, it's about $5.5 million more than nomading and about $17 million total. If they find amazing burr deals that they only require leaving 5% in them, their net worth is about $19.75 million or about $8.25 million more than nomading. And if they're able to find the best bird deals where they leave nothing in them, they have a net worth of about $23.5 million or more than double that of nomading. That's about $12 million more. But as I like to say, net worth isn't everything. What about cash flow? As you'd expect, of the five scenarios we're comparing, Nomad has the worst cash flow. You tend to get better overall cash flow with the less you leave in the deal when doing the Burr method. Also, you're more likely to have some negative cash flow and more of that negative cash flow when nomading too. In fact, with our modeling, the most that Norm and Norma might expect to have to come up with in negative cash flow on all the properties for all the different variations of how much they leave in Burr is less than $1,500. That's less than $1,500 total for all properties over the entire 60-year modeling period. That's a lot less than the $10,000 total for all properties over the entire 60-year modeling period when doing Nomad. So let's finish up by looking at a few measures of risk, and let's start with debt-to-income, which we sometimes abbreviate as DTI. If we take the average of the debt-to-income for the entire 60-year modeling period, Buying 10 Nomad properties with 5% down gives them an average DTI of 40%. Burr, with leaving nothing in the deals, is the next highest risk in terms of DTI at about 39%, a little tiny bit less than Nomad. Then, Burr with 5% left in the deal gives an average DTI of 34%. Burr with 10% left in the deals is slightly less risky with just 32% average DTI. And finally, Burr with leaving 15% in the deal has the same low DTI of 32% on average. In general, Nomad is slightly riskier than all the Burr scenarios, but the more they leave in the deal, the lower their risk is in terms of debt to income. Another way to measure risk is to look at their total debt compared to their total net worth. We call this total debt to net worth. 
if we take the average total debt to net worth for the entire 60-year modeling period, buying nomad properties with 5% down payments has the highest risk with this measure at 104%. The next highest, but significantly lower than nomading, is doing Burr and leaving 15% in the deal at an average total debt to net worth of 65%. As we leave less in the Burr deal, the risk goes down. For example, with 10% left in the Burr deal, the risk is 61% on average for the entire 60-year period. For 5% left in the Burr deal, it's 56%. And if they're able to find deals where they get all their money back out and leave nothing in the Burr deal, it's just 49% for total debt to net worth. Another way to measure risk is to measure how much debt they have compared to their liquid net worth, what we might call total debt to account balance. If we look at the average total debt to account balance for the entire 60-year modeling period, the riskiest is to do Burr and leave 15% in the deal. That has an average total debt to account balance of 704%. The next riskiest is to leave 10% in their Burr deals. That is an average total debt to account balance of 536%. The third riskiest is the nomad strategy that has an average total debt to account balance of 381%. Then 5% left in the bird deals, that measures 331%. And finally, the least risky, at least in terms of total debt to account balance, is to leave nothing in your bird deals. And that has an average total debt to account balance of a mere 238%. Now, in conclusion, whenever you're able to buy the same price and rent type property and get them at a discount, sometimes at a very significant discount, the numbers are going to look better than buying the same properties at full price with just 5% down. And that was true when Norm and Norma consider using the Burr method instead of nomading. They can achieve financial independence faster with a higher net worth and for the most part with less risk. They must ultimately decide if they're willing and able to put in the time and energy to find enough deeply discounted deals to be able to implement the Burr method for their own investing strategy. It does beg the question, though, if they're willing to go through the effort to find these deeply discounted properties, properties that might not be ideal properties to hold in their rental portfolio long term, maybe they should consider buying them, fixing them up, and reselling them. Then. With the proceeds from the flips, maybe they invest in stocks or maybe they buy some rentals. In the next episode, Norm and Norma will consider flipping properties, then investing in stocks. In the episode after that, they'll consider flipping properties and using the proceeds from their flips to invest in rental properties. Also, be sure to check out the Advanced Real Estate Financial Planner podcast to see how having variable property appreciation rates and rent appreciation rates, variable mortgage interest rates, variable inflation rate, variable stock market rates of return, all impact Norman Norma as they utilize the Burr method of investing in real estate. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about Norman Norma doing the Burr method. This has been James Orr with the Real Estate Financial Planner Podcast. Bye-bye for now. Oh, I almost forgot. You can download the newest version of the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet for free. Just go to realestatefinancialplanner.com forward slash spreadsheet to download it right now. It's amazing. Bye-bye for now.